0: G
1: Revelation twelve eleven, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Welcome to by the word of their testimony, and here is your host Etienne McClintock.
2: Greetings and a very warm welcome. Thank you for tuning into by the word of their testimony. This is a program where we share life journey with people who have gone through some difficulties and some challenges. But also some people have had quite a consistent life in the Lord as well. They'll share their trials and opportunities, sometimes as external, sometimes the trials are internal. And today I have a special guest in the studio with me, and this is Pastor Matt Thompson. Matt, welcome. Thank you, Etienne. Very good to be here with you. Yes, well, you're not a stranger to our um, studio here. You uh, do a program for us called... Knowing God Which presents lessons from the Gospel of John
3: That's right Really, really a privilege to be doing that Here in the 3ABN studios
2: Yes, fantastic And of course you have a a compadre A a counterpart that works with you uh, Pastor Blake Penland as well And we appreciate what you're doing To share the good news of salvation How people can know God through his word And especially through the Gospels And they talk so much about Jesus Our Lord and Saviour Amen So uh, obviously uh, you do a little bit of work for us And I also know by the introduction to your program that you at least have a daughter. So maybe tell us a little bit about your family.
3: Yes, I do have a daughter. Um, I have a wife, which which is where the daughter daughter came from. (laughs) (laughs) One wife. She's my favorite wife. Uh, Her name's Heidi, and she was Heidi Miller, and uh, now she's Heidi Thompson, of course. Mm. And uh, she teaches uh, primary school at Macquarie College up in Walls End in New South Wales. And then I have, yes, Alicia. She's turning 13 on the 22nd of August. So Wow. Yeah, she's pretty excited by that. And my son, Joshua, just turned 10 in June. So, yeah, mm. two kids, boy and a girl. We're pretty happy with that
2: Wonderful, that's the nuclear family, isn't it? That's right Yeah, so you've, you've been able to duplicate yourself
3: <laughs> Oh dear, <laughs> not quite duplicate, but yes, yeah, so there is some of us yeah. in there
2: Two to replace
3: two, that's what I mean <laughs> Yeah, yeah
2: Great, well look, obviously it sounds like you have an Australian accent So maybe we can go right back to the very beginning You know, where you were born, family influences and so on
3: Yeah, I, I do have an Australian accent mm. uh, my, I was born in Australia mm. back in 1979 Okay Which makes me what? 36, I believe. 38. 30, oh, no, 38, I'm losing right. counter already, That's a bad sign. Yeah, no, you're not <laughs> that old yet. <laughs> no, not quite. I've got no excuse for that. Yes, I was born in 1979 in Sydney. I grew okay. up in Western Sydney, in the suburbs of Western Sydney. Hmm. Um, I was actually born at the Sydney Adventist Hospital in Morunga, where both my parents were working as nurses. So yeah, born in 1979 and uh, grew up in duneside, a suburb of Blacktown in Western Sydney, if anyone knows the area. And uh, yeah, from there, I, I, st- I, I, I grew up, uh, when I was six years old, I started going to the Duneside Seventh Avenue School. Mm. So that was pretty close to where we lived. And um, that was that was a good experience, although very quickly we found ourselves packing our bags when I was six years old and traveling to the country of Papua New Guinea. Oh.
2: Mm. Did you say the age of six. At the age of six. Wow. Okay. So that's quite an experience. But it sounds like your background's pretty much though of a Christian, yeah, and Christian environment Seventh Day Adventist environment, that's and right. you grew up pretty much having those positive influences in your life.
3: Yeah, my uh, my parents or my dad's parents were both Seventh Day Adventists, and my mum's parents, on and off. We're, we're Christian. So yeah th- Both my parents' families have had Were very different mm. um, My mum was what well, is Danish She came out from Denmark When she was 12 years old Okay,
2: that will explain The exotic look
3: Of course, yeah <laughs> And uh, every time mum gets excited We remind her of a Viking heritage Oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we can't help ourselves Sure mm. well, no, Very good So okay, at the age of six Your life changes
2: quite dramatically I imagine Because it's quite a different culture Moving to Papua New Guinea um, yeah living yeah. in uh, in sydney you know in the in the
3: <laughs> very different very different environments of of course uh my my parents actually took, had the wise had the wise idea of uh, videoing their their themselves talking through the process as they were packing up they could video their thoughts mm. so they put their thoughts on video to show us when we when we got older it was really interesting to watch um, my my dad on the video. Just sitting there amongst all the packing boxes, ref- reflecting over the decision to go to such a faraway country, such a different country. Yes. Um, we ended up up in the, up in the middle of Papua New Guinea, up in the highlands. Oh wow! Um, in the middle of the bush, and yeah. So mum and dad had to think quite a lot about whether it was wise to take us away when we were so young. Mm. Because my sister was a couple of years younger than me. Um, it was really interesting, yeah, to watch watch their their thought processes, and and they actually decided that well. Because we are or were at such an influential and important age for developing our characters, they thought that would be the best time right. to go to, an, to to another country. Mm. So my my parents, or my dad specifically, was worked up at sopas Hospital when we went there. I was at, at the Adventist Church ran a hospital up in the middle of New Guinea called SOPAZ and he used his nurse, nursing skills there mm. to, to work in the hospital and they built a school of nursing while we were there and dad also trained some of the local people to become nurses. Oh, wow. So, so it, was, it was a missionary venture for us mm. um, it was really, and I'm, I'm really glad they made that decision. It had a really positive impact on us. Okay. I was just
2: going to ask you how your experience was uh, while being in, in New Guinea.
3: Well, it was very different. Yeah, I, I could imagine, yeah.
2: Okay, so you would write that it was positive. So from even from a say a Christian perspective it was it was positive as well? Because I'm obviously you guys are there as missionaries.
3: Absolutely positive, Edian. Um it was very it had a very big impact on us in a positive way. I mean in in New Guinea, uh, you 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 saw you saw the gospel doing its work in very real and very in your face ways at times. Mm. Um often Often mum and dad would, or dad I would say, would come back from from his work. He didn't just work in the hospital as a nurse. He would, he would go out with groups and teams uh, to do clinics in the villages around. Mm. So they'd trek off into the bush and, and and visit the villages and help them with their medical issues. And often dad would come home and would have would have family worship at night. But instead of, like in Sydney for example, instead of, Having family worship and talking about how how miraculous things happen in faraway countries, um, we're having family worships where we're talking about miraculous things that happened just up the hill wow. or just uh, you know down down the, down in the valley somewhere close. And Dad was sharing experiences that he had himself, mm. uh, very 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 real experiences, very very real miracles, people being healed. Um, uh, People being released from from black magic and some really dark things like that. Right. So this was this was real stuff for us. The gospel was very very living, very alive and very real for us as mm. kids. So very positive impact.
2: Well, that's incredible. Yeah. So instead of you know hearing about the mission story, you're now living a mission story, so yeah. to speak. Amazing. Yeah. Now imagine in those environments that you'll be very confronted with some very real. Uh, things regarding spirituality, and you'll see the dark side as well as the power of God over oh, the dar- darkness. You know,
3: yeah, you're talking. You're mm. talking about villages who were who were totally dependent and totally shackled. I would say shackled to the power of the witch doctor. Mm. Um, now we, again, we in, we're in so- supposedly sophisticated countries like Australia don't either probably don't think much of the idea of witch doctors, or or we or we, or we think well, it's nothing that affects us. But in those countries, they were very real. Mm. Uh, they had they they had very real abilities in many ways to to utilize the fear factor or, and to hold power over the villages and to and to and to, to throw curses onto people and the curses actually worked. Wow! Um, so th- th- it was a very re- very real issue in, in that particular country. Mm. But again, to see and I, I, I went I went on some of the trips with my dad. I didn't see any of these what you might call uh, deliverance. Um, like delivering people from demons, I didn't see yeah. that myself, but mm. I could imagine it happening. And it was—it was just a powerful thing to see the gospel uh, have victory over these very real fear-based yeah. Yeah. Uh, issues in these villages. Just—just to, just to see the simple word of God um, and God's power, just—just just to change people's lives. It's—it was amazing. It it's had a pretty, huge yeah, that'd impact. Be
2: very powerful.
3: So, uh, did you guys feel relatively safe while you were living there? Yeah, interesting question, Eddie. Yeah. Um yes, yes. Yeah, definitely we did. Um I mean, it's funny saying that because we we I don't remember everything that happened there, but we we had mm. we have a lot of home videos which we often watch when we came home and it keeps keeps my memories fresh. Right. And I mean, there was one particular occasion our, our house our house was right on the fence of our compound, right on mm. the fence line. And right just over our uh, uh, just over our fence there was a there was a little village, and there was a, a garden um, where they where they grew uh, what we call sweet potato. Mm. They call that they call it cow up there. That was the name for sweet potato. One, right. one of them one of them staple uh, foods, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And I always found it funny because. They're, 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 they would often cook their food in an under like a, like a hollow in the ground. they call that a mumu. Bro- well, I always sort of thought it was funny. they called call the cow-cow and the muumuu. Cow-cow the muumuu. <laughs> I, My
2: wife used to live in New Guinea as a little kid as well for three years, and she always spoke about the cow-cow and the muumuu. Yeah,
3: yeah. It, was, it was really funny for us. But, yeah, there was one particular time where, 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 where this particular village – actually, not might not have been that village, but there were a couple of villages nearby where one – I can't remember exactly how it happened, but I think one person – Stole a pig from the other village, mm. and the other village retaliated by burning their house down. Wow! And from then it just went crazy, and they had they had a, they had a, basically a fight. Mm. And we've we've still got on video even today, um, recording a video over the fence. There's the garden just over a fence, right there in front of us, and we saw these two lines of warriors advancing towards each other. Um, oh wow! Now they didn't they didn't get too violent during the daytime because the the police were were around and trying not trying to. Knock down these tribal wars hmm. it got got violent at night time, so it was during the day, so what they would do, they would line, they'd do they'd line they line up with these huge sheets of corrugated iron they were their shields and they' they're basically yelling insults at each other and we' we're, we're standing there over the fence watching and every now and then one would shoot a shoot an arrow at the other side um then the other side might pick up a spear and throw it back, and I'd just Yellow obscenities at each other. Mm. So that that was that was a fight. At night time, it got vicious. They pulled out the guns. Then they actually killed people. and actually burnt villages down. So even even at that time, we felt felt pretty safe because they never never came near the.
2: Yeah. So the the, the aggression the wasn't uh, targeted at you per se. No. It was In between these these tribes or no. these, yeah, um, yeah. these
3: yeah. I mean, much later when much later when we came back from New Guinea, we actually heard, of course, a lot of stories of. Of nationalistic thinking, where people were targeting, um, I suppose Caucasian or Western people, mm, mm. Um, wanting wanting to you know, wanting to knock out the Western people, and saying this is our country, let us deal with it in our own way. Sure. So we heard stories, like very sad stories, later on about the, mm. the, the rapes and the attacks on. On Western people It was very sad to hear that But we didn't have that When we were there
2: Right. so you Very positive experience overall And also one that testified To the power of the gospel
3: Absolutely So it had a huge impact On our lives And I would say That was one of the first Times where I thought Wow wouldn't it be amazing To be a pastor Sharing God's Living gospel Mm. Having such an experience Like that Okay so uh, How many years Did you spend in New Guinea? Uh, Three years all up Okay so
2: from about Age of six to nine Roughly Yeah I think it was
3: 1985 I think we went up there and came back in '88. And another thing, we adopted we adopted a, my, my sister up there. Oh. Yeah. So Rachel, Rachel is my my younger sister, and then we adopted Sarah. So mm. she's she's a, a native of Papua New Guinea, but she's in Melbourne now teaching. She's probably more, in some ways, more Aussie than the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: okay, I like the names too, Rachel and Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Very, very biblical names. Yeah, I
3: was privileged. I was privileged to pick Sarah's name. That was good. Oh, did you? Mm. Fantastic. Family liked it. Mm. So, yeah, New Guinea's had an everlasting impact on us because Sarah's part of our family. Mm.
2: mm. Wonderful. So when you come back, was it just a walk in the park to adapt to, uh, you know, civilization again, so to speak?
3: No. (laughs) (laughs) Not a walk in the park. Um, It it, it was a challenge to adjust back to such a very different culture. Mm. Um, very, very big challenge indeed. I mean, so what was
2: your preference at that time? That would you rather have gone back to New Guinea? Yeah,
3: that's yeah. At the same time we did miss our family, so that sure. was, for that reason, it was good to get back. So uh, I think, it, I think at first we 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 missed New Guinea because mm. we were used to it and we understood it. Yes, um, but it changed. It changed pretty quickly. We settled. We settled in many ways to the Australian culture, but it took it. It, it took a little while. Mm. Took a little while. And yep. I, I would, I'd, I'd think even today that, yeah, it's had, it's had a lasting impact in, in many ways. When whenever I, whenever I hear the missionaries come out and, and talk about what they do, you can or, relate, or I hear people I hear people saying, it'd "Be, we, we're needing help in this particular area." I, I think, wow. I'm only this this far away from getting out there and doing something again
2: Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord So during that time, for the first time it entered your mind That ministry would be something that you could seriously be interested in Yeah And you got an appetite for it in New Guinea
3: Definitely Mm.
2: So you come back here, you I guess go to school Was it an Adventist school again? Yep,
3: back to Doonside where I first started Okay, Uh, Some of your old schoolmates still there? Well, I'd I'd left I'd left I, I don't think I even managed to get through a year. Ah, okay, Doonside. because you left at six. I yeah. Left in kindergarten, so I didn't hadn't really made any friends at that stage. Um, but yeah, I, I so I had to make I basically I had to make new friends. But we got there. Duneside School is now called Mountain View for those who are tra- ra- racking their heads thinking I don't know of a school called Duneside okay, in Sydney. They rough. call it Mountain View Adventist School now. Hmm.
2: So what's your experience like from the knowledge? You're back now, you're in obviously uh, continuing education. Yeah. You're in Australia?
3: Yeah, back in Australia, I'm um, settling into the Australian life, uh back in our back in our home, back in Doonside. And uh yeah, we so I spent time in Doonside School all the way through to year ten. Um so and then I then I went to Stratfield School because that that's also an avenue school. because uh, Doonside only went to year ten at that stage. Right. Um so I managed to become school captain at side School in year 10 which was an interesting experience and then went straight to Strathfield to do year 11 as well. Mm. Um so yeah I, I finished I finished uh, year 12 at Strathfield in 1997. Okay. Um yeah.
2: But obviously you demonstrated some leadership um skills and abilities?
3: Well, uh, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how I, how I tricked everyone but <laughs> it seemed to seemed to seem to get away with it. Um, yeah. It's yeah, quite did, interesting.
2: because often, people see qualities in us that we don't see in ourselves, and
3: it's very true. And yeah. this 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 has be, this has become one of the. Oh, uh, we talk we talk we talk more about this. Of course, this became one of my challenges in life to accept, to accept the fact that God actually uses me and actually gives me abilities and gifts because He believes I have the. Well, He's given me the makeup to be mm. able to be able to use them. And yeah. it has been a challenge for me to accept that. Okay. We'll get more into that of course a bit later. So Yeah, sure.
2: Okay. Mm. So you finish um high school? Yeah. And where do you head to next?
3: Uh, so I finished high school in ninety seven. Then uh, I, I definitely was wanting to go to Avondale College to study mm. for ministry. Okay. Um it was it was a I suppose a calling or a concept that I that, that I had fairly consistently over my time in high school mm. um, so I went to I went to Avondale, but I didn't get straight into to do the theology course because Eddie, and, and this is looking back a bit as well i I had some challenges with my academic life I'm mm. um, starting starting in probably year eight of high school um, I found while, while, I, while I found my social life and what I consider to be my spiritual life. Going well. Mm. Uh, I found my academic life tended was tending to go down. Um, I had really good, re- really good reports in primary school, but for some reason, from year eight onwards, all the way, and this this went all the way through college, which we'll mm. find out too. Yeah. Um, I, f- I, I basically found myself ha- having real struggles applying myself mm. to to the work, to the study, um, and I've, and because I've got this perfectionistic a- a- a makeup in myself. Mm. The first failure, what I consider to be the first failure, where I started getting lower marks, um, only then added to my next failure, which then added right. to the next one. So it began to snowball from there. It started
2: to affect your thinking and It did. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. weren't you you expect the better from yourself and then you'll feel bad about yourself and that of course has a like you're saying, snowballing effect because it has an effect on what your performance is thereafter.
3: And it became a self fulfilling prophecy, basically. Mm. So when I got when I got to year twelve and I did my HSC I was already at the stage where, where I had this, this picture of myself as as a failure, and oh. naturally the devil, was had been jumping on that, and he had mm. been expanding and, and grounding it and sort of giving it roots in my life, saying, "Yeah, this this is true. You are a failure, man." Mm. And so I I, I, did, I actually I actually didn't get the mark that I needed to to get in theology, which wasn't a very high mark. This isn't this is no. Indictment on on the theology course, but getting yeah, sure. to get into college was 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 a pretty pretty low mark, and I mm. I, did, I didn't make that even. So I was in a mentally, I was in a, a really vulnerable place. I thought, well, I want to I want to I want to minister for God. I want to share the gospel, especially from what I remember in Papua New Guinea. I still had those those really vivid memories. Mm. But there are all these buts coming in there. Okay. But how can I do that because I'm I'm consistently what i thought was failing and mm. apply myself failing at self discipline failing in my studies how can god use me in this kind of scenario i i had this really deep deeply grounded doubt mm. um and it was it was very very live and strong but i went to college I, I did a bridging course which which uh which got me in but uh, that was only first semester this was 1998 and then for the rest of that that year, after I did the bridging course, I went back home to my parents' place and did did some just general work to try and get money for my youth allowance okay um because if if i could qualify, i had to get a certain amount of money to qualify to get to get an ongoing allowance from the government to help me with my studies right okay and uh, th- that that was a that was a really eye opening experience for me because I was working in many different places I was working in a casual job agency hmm. um most most of the time I settled in into a into a job at, at a factory making doors. Okay, they they just made doors all day. That's what they did, hmm. um, and that was a really good experience for me in many ways because, I mean, I, I, for, for for one thing, I saw people in this factory at in who'd worked there for decades. This wow. was this was their life. This is yeah. what they did, hmm. and and I was I was standing there just, just trying to meet quotas and and wrapping these doors up, getting the orders out and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, how could people Actually, live in this kind of thing, just constantly putting out mm. do- doors which look the same. It, it, it seems so boring. So, so. it's the
2: doors and the frames you're putting together. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah I've, exactly. I've done that as well You've previously. Done it too? Yeah, yeah. So, so,
3: you're trying to meet. You're trying to meet a quota. Uh, you, you, you have to meet a certain, certain, uh, a certain, th- a certain uh, deadline every day, mm. and beca- it seems so monotonous to me. But there were people like in this who made a career of it. Yes, and if and I be very very good at it. I could churn good, out a lot of yeah, lot of doors. They were brilliant. I can never get to their level. No way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the first thing it told me was, "There's no way I want to be in a position where, where I could do this kind of work." It's not, it wasn't it's not for me. you. Yeah. At the same time, I had huge respect for these other people mm-hmm. who could do it, but also because I had grown up in a, in in a life where where most of my friends or most of my people I socialised with were generally church. Church-oriented people, right. or Christian people, I didn't have that many people I knew who weren't Christian. Mm. This was the first, probably extended time where I actually was exposed to people in this, in this, uh, in this way, and I learned some really amazing things about people. Um, for example, uh, yes, it is true, um, people who 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 aren't Christians tend to swear a lot. Especially mm. Aussies. Right. Uh, they, when they get when they get excited, these they'll throw in a swear mm. word. Mm. And that was new to me. Because okay. I've grown up in a Christian world where you know, swearing is yeah. uh, is not, not the way to go and I, I still of course believe that today. But uh, to to be exposed to people who who were, were swearing all the time and mm. I and I'd grown up in this Christian environment I thought this is oh. this is a bit daunting, a bit yeah, scary. Well, what, yeah. what do I do here with this? Um but if anything I did I did come to the place of of accepting that, hey, people out there, if I can use that term, mm. I decided they weren't necessarily as scary or as closed-minded as as I thought in the church environment. Right, right. Um, it was really it was a really important lesson for me to learn there, and this this has really impacted me in my ministry. I think since that that for me for me to realise that th- th- there are people out there who are good people, then mm. um, and they're not Christian. Yes, so g- good people um, don't, aren't necessarily Christian, but of course, the, the power of the gospel is these good people. Really, need to know that there is a reason sure. for for the, that they're the way they yeah. are and there is a God who, who they can connect to.
2: Yeah, that reminds me of that text in uh, John chapter 1 and verse 9, where it says that Christ is the light that lights every man uh-huh. that comes into the world. Every so man. Whether you are born with the influence of the Word of God, which is the yep. Bible, um, or whether you are um, just born in a secular environment, mm. the Holy Spirit, which represents Christ to each one of us. Yeah Shines on every person And what we call the conscience Is really the work of God Working Mm -hmm. through us And ultimately If people just follow Where their conscience leads them It will lead them to Christ And and to his word So yeah There are some good people out there Who've lived up to The understanding that they have Regarding right and wrong Mm -hmm. And you know And follow the Lord Sometimes ignorantly Dare I say it But still You know We're all God's people That's true As far as he created us And he redeemed us and the good news of the gospel is that 's something everybody should hear so yeah. well, I guess we're privileged if you've been brought up in a Christian environment you, you've been brought up in a privileged environment I, yeah I agree but at the same time so this was actually quite an eye opener for you that these people were apart from the language <laughs> relatively good there was a lot of good people out yeah. there
3: yeah no, it, was really, it was really good to, hear, to see that because it took a lot of the fear factor away from me in terms of how am I going to face up to these these uh, these atheists out there who mm. who've all got arguments against God lined up waiting for me to to attack me with it but right I, I discovered that well actually there are a lot of people who are not what you call hardcore atheists there are a lot of people who are just lost yes. who they they don't know they don't know there's a god there who who loves them desperately mm. um, there, there are a lot of people out there who who just who, who won't say they don't believe in god but they but they just simply just don't know what he's really like right um and it's good to know that because that should that should motivate motivate all of us to to reach out to them with a god or to reach out and with the God that they that they need to hear and mm. need to know okay, mm. wonderful, good to hear so it sounds like you're putting a very
2: positive experience coming through from you know being now in secular environments being exposed mm. to areas you haven't had previously that's true in regards to what it will do for you in the way you view people and also i guess your career in the future mm. so you so you you have this a year away where you're working um yep. you know so it's on on call, yeah, and then after they hear what happens.
3: Well, once I got the, the 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 amount of money I needed to qualify for my youth allowance, I went back to start my theology in 1999, hmm. and uh, so I left. I left home. uh went to Avondale College, and the, I, I I went into the dormitory. Okay. So there's. There was, You're boarding now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was boarding with with three. I think there were three levels in Watson Hall with with, all, with a whole bunch of other guys. It was, yeah. Wow, I never never had any experience like that before. Mm. It was amazing. Just all these guys all, all packed together in this one place. It was yeah. a totally foreign idea to me, but it was it was something I I embraced with gusto, and I probably embraced with too much gusto in the end. Okay, the, li- the life of 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 the social life of that kind of um, environment was. I mean, it's not normal. Mm. Of course, you don't live you don't live your whole life with that kind of dormitory setup. Sure, it's 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 a very unique setting, but. But yeah, I jumped into that and uh, started my theology course. But yeah, it was it was a struggle. Mm. Um, it was a real struggle. So, we'll, so, any any I mean, there's obviously
2: positive influences there, but any yeah. negative influences?
3: Yeah. I, again, I, for for me, where I was coming from, the the negative, I suppose negative is one way to put it. Yeah. Mm. But the challenging influence for me was yeah. was again this. It was an artificial environment it was hmm. not, not real life, but this artificial environment having all these guys from various walks of life various backgrounds, various ideas uh, very various spiritual insights and I was, I was it was a challenge for me to to actually integrate with this with this group and uh, for, and I was surprised, but it was actually a challenge for me to to actually hold my spiritual um, integrity, I suppose mm. you could say. My spiritual mm. identity It was a challenge for me to hold that there, okay. um, and yeah, it was it was something which I I struggled with for the next few years.
2: Right, well, look, we're just going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll hear more about Pastor Matt Thompson's story. Stay tuned.
1: Welcome to the minute that makes a difference. I'm Margot Marshall. What difference would it make if you made a habit of being grateful? Gratitude actually has measurable health benefits. For example. Adults who keep gratitude journals on a regular basis exercise more regularly, they report fewer illness symptoms, feel better about their lives as a whole and are more optimistic about the future. Gratitude is actually a science and it's also ancient wisdom, having way over a 100 mentions in the Bible. And there's a lot to be thankful for. Albert Einstein admitted that he needed to remind himself a hundred times a day that his inner and outer life depended on the labors of other people, living and dead. So cultivate gratitude. It makes a difference.
2: Well, welcome back to By the Word of Their Testimony. I'm your host, Etienne McClintock, and you're listening to the testimony of Pastor Matt Thompson. Now, just before the break, you were telling us this new experience you were having. You're now a boarder at Avondale College with a whole bunch of guys, three three levels of guys in this dormitory. And yes. it was quite an interesting experience. And, of course, you know, there's quite often that camaraderie and there can be good and bad, human nature being what it is. Mm. And there was some influence you're saying that didn't quite keep you on the track that you, you know, in hindsight, thought you should have perhaps stayed on.
3: Sure. Yeah,
2: so maybe you can just elaborate about that and we can continue this uh, interesting journey about your life.
3: Yeah. yeah thank you, Adrian. Um, yeah, it was it was an amazing experience. I mean, I've got to I've got to highlight the positives of, course mm, of this. Mm. It was um, it was a, it was an amazing place in terms of being. I suppose being um. What's the word I could use? Being be, being with other Christian yes. guys and, and girls, mm. um, and being in a place where, because I, I I love. I love um I love worship and praise uh, leading praise worship. I, I found that that was one of my one of my gifts when I was growing up. Mm. I was involved with the praise the praise team at the churches where I was where I was a teenager. Okay. So
2: you 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 sing?
3: Yeah, so I enjoy okay. I, I love singing. I love oh, probably I've touched
2: on this part yet. So you're a little bit of a a muso in that sense? Yeah, yeah, mm. I, do, I
3: do enjoy I do enjoy music. So bringing bringing that love to college was amazing because mm it was it was so easy to find great great gifts and great talents. Yes. It was so easy to get a group together and just and have a worship time together because you just wandered down the dorm mm. and there's a guy with a guitar and uh, you just sing your songs together and it was easy. Um whereas in in, nice. gr- in real life um people like that are not concentrate together so it was right. It was it was really really good in that way. Mm. Um you we we could have great times together. It was an easy thing to do. Um so that that was that was definitely the, the good a good uh, focus on when I was at college. Mm. Um, the the challenging focus was again the same thing on the other side, where where I suppose you'd find you'd find guys who who are more more I suppose lost in their in their, in their sense of the word, where mm. where they weren't as switched on about God as as I was. Sure. And it was it was it was easy again um, to connect with them mm. um, and. And be challenged, I suppose, by their, by their attitudes and their their struggles in life as well. So I had I had these different groups of of guys, which were all impacting on me. Mm. Um, and I found I found my personal failures, as I thought they were, which i we talked about before. I found them rising their head again. Mm. Um, it's it, it's not it's not easy to to find to to, to walk to, to walk God's road when there are so many other challenges around Sure. now this is life of course we yes, know yes. this this is life there there are challenges um, there are other other roads that are, that are not offer for us to walk mm. and I I found all I found all these roads in, in the one place I guess and uh, so I I tended to to swing around from one one thing to the other thinking well I am passionate about God so I will study theology and I will be a pastor but at the same time I'm really really interested in, in these other lives which in these other lifestyles which are around as well I want to give them a go. Yes. Um, so uh, it, it became it became a situation where I found myself starting to live two lives. One life was one of studying theology to be a pastor, mm. um, being a, being a worship leader involved in in the church quite a bit. And um, and if anyone if anyone thought it well you know, apart from some of the, the blokes I worked with in the or played with in the dorm, most people would look at me and say, "Yes, Matt's Matt's really on fire for God, and he's really." He's really mature in his spirituality and all that kind of stuff, but they didn't know the other life I lived, mm. um, which was which was a night of staying up late at night, sometimes all night, just um, just mucking around with guys, just just going out with guys um, who weren't necessarily on the same journey that I was, and yeah. and yeah, there, there was I mean I won't go to details, but there were situations and and things that I got involved with which were not not godly at all. Mm. Um, and I was slowly, slowly sliding down the slope of, of thinking I can, I can juggle these two lives, right. Of course, not, knowing, knowing in my head that God, that God, that God could only work with me if I gave Him all of me, but in reality, I didn't do that. Mm. Um, so, so I had this, I had this dark side of myself which, which I was feeding, and I had, I had the what I thought was the God side. Although in, in God wants everything, of course. Sure. I, was, I thought I could keep two two, two balls near at once, mm-hmm. and I thought I could keep them separate. But inevitably, you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't keep mm-hmm. them separate. Eventually, the two lives merged and crashed, and I just I just came to the place of realizing, mate, Matt, there's, you're in a you're in a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how can I, how can I, how can I expect to to follow God's God's way when I've got so much of my life. I'm keeping from him, right. So that became a huge challenge for me. Mm. Um, what What made the challenge even more uh, challenging was when when I was in my first year of college, I met Heidi there. Mm. She was studying teaching, primary teaching, and uh, she was in her last year of college. I was okay. in my first year, right? Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we we met. Uh, we actually met on a on a on a trip, a student ministries trip where we. Where we got a bunch of us together went went to a country town to take a worship service for a country church. Mm. Heidi was actually the preacher for that trip. Oh wow! I was the worship leader, so it was an interesting thing there. And we 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 chatted on the bus. We 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 got together really well. Mm. Got on with each other really well, and we we um we we got we basically be, became boyfriend and girlfriend for that in that year. Mm. Um and but of course she she was you know last year she ended up graduating. And I, I'd only come to the end of my first year where I was, where I was starting to find the, ten, the tension between the two lives that I was living. Yes. Heidi didn't know about the dark life and the struggles I had. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't want to tell her mm. because that was my, that was what I thought was my failed life. Okay. Um, so I didn't want her to know about that. But she she finished. She graduated with honors, mm. uh, completely opposite to me in my, my book. And okay. then she was called to Melbourne to, to, to be a teacher in 2000, 2001. I was still at college. So the girl I loved had gone. Mm. Um, I was, I was coming to the pl- coming probably to the peak of my crisis in many ways, of trying to work out whether or not I was what was actually, actually cut out to be a pastor. Mm. And um, I got to, it got to the end of 2000, um, where I basically I, in my mind I I, I decided I was such a failure that there's no point in doing my exams. So I, I bombed out. Didn't even turn up the exams for for probably three of my subjects at the end of that that year. And I just I just dropped everything and ran to Melbourne in the year two thousand and one. I ran to Melbourne. Wow. To I was I was running away. Mm. I was I was trying to escape it. I was saying, This is not working. I want to be with Heidi. We're engaged at this stage. Mm. Still a lot she didn't know.
2: So you're finding obviously a lot of happiness in and relationship with Heidi. Yeah. But at the same time you're finding these challenges because there's like you're saying, there's a double life. Yeah. And being a perfectionist, just mm. correct me if I'm wrong But being a perfectionist, if there's a certain standard that you're not reaching yeah. And you're sort of, you know, you, you're just below the bar With this other life you're living yeah. That you'd really knock yourself about, wouldn't you?
3: Oh, absolutely And mm. this, is, this is my mental state This has been my mental state for a long time up to this point mm. Constantly hammering myself Right. Constantly hammering myself over and over again Thinking, you're not going to do it You're not going to succeed You're going to fail God can't use you and so yet, this is not yeah. only
2: academically, but also in a spiritual sense yes. as well.
3: This is this is where the crossover was was happening, and I mm. and I was realizing I became terrified because I was realizing that I can't control these these two lives. Yeah, I mean, it's totally it's, it was actually totally out of my control, mm. and that that was a real that was a real mental overload for me, as you, as you can imagine it would be. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, drop dropping this into one big heap. Seeing as a one big failure, running off to Melbourne. I actually, my my excuse for getting there was I found a I, I found a volunteer a, a job offer as a volunteer youth pastor in Nunawading Church down okay. in Melbourne. Okay. And um, so I said, I'll, I'll take that. Mm. Go to Melbourne. Heidi's there anyway. She's teaching at Nunawading schools. Perfect. Uh, I can I can just be with with her, and I can I can do this ministry thing, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just drop this stuff at college and run. Right. But yeah.
2: Okay, so you end up you're down in uh, Victoria. One part of your life seems to be going well. With, that's the life with Heidi. Yeah. How's everything else going at this time now that you've left college?
3: Well, the interesting thing, Adrian, is I didn't, I hadn't had really any ministry experience mm. up, up until this point. I just had an idea in my okay. head of what it might be. So I, I, I fled to Melbourne, my mind thinking, man, Matt. Where are you going to go with all this? Mm. How are you going to How are you going to, How are you going to get Heidi into all this stuff as well? Uh, how are you going to get her? In, how are you going to ease her into this situation in this life that I'm in? Mm. Um, but we got we got married in April 2001, and uh, we 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 went through a tough period of time there where where we started exploring this stuff, and it was a challenge mm. for her to realise a lot of what was going on, but thank thank God her love was. Was she had a godly love, which was mm, amazingly powerful, yeah. really, I'm really grateful and really thankful. I've seen, I've seen many awesome pictures of God through my relationship with Heidi, mm. and uh, she she would say the same thing for me as well. So, I've got to accept that yeah, God can be seen through me as well, which is a hard hard thing for me to come to terms with. Yeah. being so guilt ridden. But what one of the most one of the more powerful things which happened in Melbourne, uh, which happened in Melbourne, was I was actually ministering. I was a broken person. Mm. Very broken person, but I had the amazing opportunity of ministering to these young young teens in the, in the church who were str- who were, many of them struggling with things which I'd never had to struggle with. Right. I mean, I I'd be sitting down in the homes of of guys young guys who are struggling with su- su- suicidal thoughts. Mm. Sitting down in 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 or playing basketball with guys and just praying with guys and girls who were struggling with broken homes. Their parents mm. had Split up. Yeah. Um, I was speaking, speaking with guys and praying with guys and supporting guys who were struggling with drugs, and all these kind of things. And it was a real eye opener for me, Edian, mm. to see these people struggling with stuff. And I'm thinking, what am I, what am I right about when these these guys have got their own issues? But what amazed me even more, him was it came. We came to the end of that year, and I was considering coming back to college. Mm. And we, the, the 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 youth, gave us a farewell, and. I got this soccer ball. They gave the gift to me the soccer ball because we, right. we enjoyed playing soccer. That was one of the things we did throughout that year. Mm-hmm. And they gave me the soccer ball, and they'd written they'd written all their all their thank yous all over it. And I couldn't, I just couldn't believe that so many kids have been impacted by by God working through me. I couldn't believe it because, of course, perfectionisting me couldn't accept or wouldn't accept the sure. idea that God can use mm. me no matter who I am no matter what I've done. He he wants to use me a lot more, mm. but he still made he still made the most of what what little I'd given him. Yes. And that that just blew me away. Um so wow. that that year was a pivotal year for me, realizing mm. that hey God God can make difference to people's lives. He's made a difference to these guys' lives through through something I've done. Imagine what He could do through me if, mm. in, in me if I let Him. So, did you
2: accept these positive affirmations coming through, or did you dismiss them, just saying that we're <laughs> being polite? How did you How did your mind wrap around the being a perfectionist? Because I know quite often perfectionists will say when somebody says they've done a really good job, mm. they say, "Oh, they're just being polite or friendly." Yeah. Did, how did you deal with it?
3: It took me a long time to accept those things. Mm. Um, I don't. I don't recall ever. Yeah, I don't recall ever being in a place where I thought that there weren't genuine. Um, okay, so you didn't. Yeah, you I didn't, didn't doubt it. I didn't doubt. I didn't doubt their their um their sincerity. Their sincerity. no, mm. not at all. I was doubting my ability to accept what s they, what they said was actually true for me. Okay, uh, that was fun, what I was finding hard to accept. Mm. So it, it took me it took me a number of years, I think, to actually get to that place. But um, so yeah, we we finished we finished that year in Melbourne. I, I dragged Heidi away from her, her teaching and we went back yeah. to Avondale hmm. and we took another shot at it and I eventually, eventually graduated from theology in 2005 so it took seven years ultimately with everything in place it took seven years to do hmm. a four year course Right. Hmm. Wow. so it was, okay. a, it was a big, big run but we got there
2: well, praise the Lord. Okay, so you you graduate. Uh, yep. That must have been a, a feather in your cap, so to speak. You know, an achievement, oh, or did was, you did you just not accept it as an achievement? I,
3: I did. I was actually really relieved about mm. that. So I was really really pleased that I could get that 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 place. Um, so that was that was a, that was a victory, I suppose. Mm. Um, so we we finished there, and then they the um, the conference in South Australia called called us to do ministry down there. Um so in two thousand and six we we went to Adelaide and we ministered in South Australia for eight years all up. Wow. Mm. Okay. So that was that was what I'd studied for, that was what I dreamt of doing and that's mm. what we ended up great Don't well me. you've
2: got a, a wife who's a, a godly young lady who's had mm. a positive influence on you in many respects, and she's a teacher yeah you're a uh, a pastor now, That's you right. guys are ministry so a bit of a power couple as far as ministry is concerned yeah how, how is your experience moving forwards now over those eight years? do you still have these internal struggles Yes <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stubborn, hey. Eh? <laughs> but how many people are aware of your internal struggle? Uh, I don't know if your wife knows, but uh, if your wife does know, apart from your wife.
3: Oh sure, yeah. My my yeah. My wife and I've have, have, We've we've been um, we've been walking this road together, of course. Hmm. Um. So we've been more open with each other, or I should say, I've been more open with her, more specifically. Yes. yes. Um. But yeah, it, it was it was a challenge. I mean, go, we we found ourselves in, in very challenging churches. You know. One of the big challenges of churches is they're actually made up of people. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So people. I mean, I'm a person. I have my challenges, and guess what? Each other person have their mm. own version of, their, of challenges as yes, well. We do. And uh, yeah, I felt woefully Ill- ill-equipped to 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 be able to reach out to people in in tough, often toxic relationships. i mm. um, trying to trying to deal with conflict. um, trying to bring healing. Uh, in God's name, of course, trying to bring healing to to people's struggles. Mm. It's one thing to study theology; it's another thing to actually actually uh, understand how to how to how people work and how to and how to actually bring healing to their lives. Sure, it's really good when the theology and the healing goes together because that's theology at its heart. I, I believe now is is about it's about healing. Mm. God God is all about healing and reconciling us back to Himself. Amen. Yes. And healing our, our broken. A brokenness, mm. um, and I think my life has been probably been one one of the more classic examples of, of the need for that. Yes. Um the, the need for healing. So I found it, I found it very difficult and challenging to actually bring this healing to people's lives when I was when I was struggling with it in my own life already. Yeah. Um, so it was it was a tough experience, but many many blessings. I mean, when I came to the end of the eight years, and I looked back and I said, Heidi, I don't I don't I don't see any success. Um, being depressed, of course. That's by the way I looked at it. She said, "Matt, yeah. this is this is where God used you. This is where God used. you. This is where God used you." He, she gave me a list of all these these people and experiences where mm-hmm. that where that people had been impacted in positive ways.
2: Well, praise Lord that He gave you a second opinion. Yes. Apart, apart from your own being the first opinion. Yes, thank you, God, for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so you're eight years in ministry. Obviously, there's a lot of positive things that mm-hmm. uh, you can take from it. But because you have this internal struggle, you have this perfectionistic. I guess approach to life You don't quite see as positive As your wife sees it But mm. what do you do Subsequent to that when do you, what, what happens after The eight years in Adelaide
3: Well actually Towards the end Of the eight years in Adelaide We were ministering In a, in a country church Which which was a very challenging mm. Very challenging church It had many many And still has I think Many systemic struggles And issues in, in, in their In their community there Which was really hard to deal with But mm. while we were there In 2011 I I went to the GP saying doctor this I know I'm under a lot of stress my my left my left arm is has got some real tension in it I don't know mm-hmm. what it is is it RSI or is it some kind of stress related thing Yeah um, and he 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 had a look at it he did ask me to do a couple of movements and exercise and he said I need you, I need you go to see a new neurologist Okay Now I didn't ask myself why a neurologist mm. but um so I went, I went to Adelaide which is a few hours away and he went to the neurologist. He did some tests on me and he said, Matt, I'm 100% sure you have Parkinson's disease. Wow. Wow. That's one word, yeah. yeah <laughs> it that, was, that would have it was a knocked shock.
2: The, the wind right of your sails.
3: Yeah, it definitely did. Parkinson's mm. disease, I didn't know much about it. Sure. Um, and what little I knew, I thought, applied to older people. Mm. And subsequently I found out, of course, that Parkinson's disease is most common in people over the age of 65. But it does hit. You're about thirty-two now. Yeah, 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 exactly. But it does hit younger people. It's a lot rarer, but it does hit younger people as well. And guess what? I was one of them. Wow. I was one of them to get, to get, lumped with this, disease, which, which is going to stick around for, for the rest of my life unless something else happens, of course. Mm -hmm. So that 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 was like, it felt like the last straw, in many ways. I thought to myself, I'm already, already struggling with. With many concepts about myself, about mm. trying to accept who I am in God, and now I've got this Parkinson's disease as well. Wow, not bad. Adding, adding
2: insult to injury, basically. Yes, yeah. it felt yeah. like
3: that very much. Mm. So that was that was tough. Um, for those of you who don't know, Parkinson's is a neurological disease. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a gland in in the brain called the the basal ganglia where where this uh, where this important um, this important steroid called dopamine is produced, and dopamine is a chem is a chemical that is really important in the transmission of information in your nerves mm. um so this chemical is necessary f- to facilitate the communication of of uh, for example if my brain's telling my arm to to move mm. um that impulse to, that order will go through my nerves, and the dopamine is is really important to keep that message moving right so when you have parkinson 's disease that, that basal ganglia. Um, th- th- basically, the cells that are producing the dopamine start breaking down over over a period of of years. Ah, uh, okay. So but
2: is also is that the feel good chemi- chemical in your brain as well? Very good. Yeah, yeah.
3: it does. That it, it is that as well. So it has impact on on uh, on depression and mood and, and mood and, and, yeah. and sleep and stuff as well. Mm. So yeah, that's that's been a that's been a tough a tough road sure Um, I already was struggling so to add this to to it I thought well that's even an even bigger issue there's no way I can can understand that or or engage with it Mm. so I was in denial Mm. for the next few years thinking it's too hard too hard to handle I can't handle that so I just put it in the too hard basket
2: Mm. Now I can understand. You know, you've got some of these challenges, and you are looking for a reprieve somehow, and then Mm. you just have it's like just another setback. And this would have been significant because I mean, it's affecting your health. Yeah. And uh, at that stage, you didn't know how it was going to affect your long term because it's early stage yet. Yeah. But the diagnosis, obviously, is not what you wanted. No, no. How do you How do you deal with it? I mean, you are saying it knocked you for a six, basically.
3: I did, and i was in a I was in a very challenging church scenario as well. So Mm. it got to it got to two thousand and End of two thousand and twelve. Yeah, we talked to the conference. Said we can't, we can't work here in this situation because my health. Um, I was sleeping only a couple of hours a night at this stage. Oh. It was it was disaster. I was, my family didn't didn't really have me there. Mm. I was there physically, but not mentally. Yeah. Um. So they they moved us back to Adelaide to a, to another church, which was which was a beautiful beautiful church. Are really really beautiful people. Um, and we worked for a year there, so it's 2013. But I got to the end of 2013, I said to myself and to my family, this is too much. Hmm. Um, I'm finding ministry a challenge. Um, it's impact- My health is impacting on it as well, but I'm not handling stress anymore. Um, my picture of God is totally mucked up by this stage. Hmm. Wow. I said, we've got to get out of here. So we, we pulled out of ministry in South Australia, came back to the East Coast because we have a number of family members in in the Bonells Bay area. Okay. Um, so we moved back here to be to, to have Close support to the family. from them. Yeah. Good. And uh, that that was that was really good because 2014 and 15, added to 16 as well, were were, were the three of the toughest years I've had. The um, depression was was really strong by this stage. Mm. I didn't have a job to distract me, I suppose. Yeah. So all, I was left with myself at home. Mm. Really, really dark place. And when 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 you've got pretty severe depression and you don't have something to engage your time, it's it's a really really black place to be in. Sure. Um, and I, I already had a bad view of myself, so to add this this lack of a job to it, it was mm. it was terrible. And I had this health issue, of course, as well. So yeah, they are really dark times. Mm. Um, the and. As dark as they were, though, Etienne, we called we out call to God with such desperation at that time, saying, God, we don't know who you are in this scenario. Who, who are you? What are you doing? Um, what, what are you really about? Mm. Uh, what, what, is, what, is your, what is your role here? Because I, we always thought that you were a God who, again, healed people and stuff like that. The, the amazing thing was, in this, in this darkest time, God actually revealed himself in the most powerful way. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, people people have asked me, and I'm sure it's probably in the back of your mind too. People have often asked me, "You've prayed for healing, right? And mm. how do you feel at having not been healed?" Yes, and it's a very good question. Um, and it was during this darkest time that that it, it hit me. I, I can't remember what the circumstances have led to this revelation, but it hit me in a in a powerful way that you know, Matt, you have this physical thing which God hasn't healed you from. But there is a more amazing miracle happening. It's in my mind. Because mm. it was in my mind that the real the real um sickness was. Right. This mental attitude that Matt, you are no good. Matt, mm. you're no you're no use. Matt, there's nothing God can do in you because you don't deserve anything. mm mm-hmm. That was where the real deep sickness was. And it's in that area which God has been the most powerful force for us. I consider myself to be recovering. Yes. From my depression, now we we linked up with a good psychologist last year, and I've had a great church support family as well at Lakeside Church, and it's been it's been it's been a weird thing because health wise I'm, I'm I'm grappling with my health, but mentally, spiritually, psychologically, mm. God has been healing me, and it's been an amazing journey. When people ask me now, yes. How, how do you feel not having not, how do you feel not having this miraculous healing? I've said, well, there has been a miracle hmm. god is God is healing my mind um, yeah, god amen. god god is is revealing himself to me as the only one who can heal me and does heal me in the in the area that matters most that isn't in my heart yeah. and in my mind
2: reminds me of that text here romans chapter twelve verse two that we are to be transformed yes. by the renewing of our yes. mind you know and i'm just grateful to god i I can relate to so much. Of your story, because I struggled with depression for about mm. seven years as well, and my experience was miraculous. How God pulled me out of yeah. all that, but that's a, that's another story, is this your your testimony this time? But I I just praise God that He's been able to work through you. Me too. Sometimes God works fast, and sometimes wh- God works for a process, and ultimately it all works out together for good to those who love the Lord. Absolutely you know, and called according to His good yeah. purpose. Yeah. There's, um,
3: there's been there's been a powerful verse which has helped me, and carried me. It's in John. Fourteen verse twenty-seven. Um, Jesus is saying, and he's talking to the disciples here because he's he said he says to the disciples, I'm I'm, I'm leaving you soon, mm. and they're really worried about this. In John fourteen twenty-seven, he says, I'm leaving you with a gift. So I'm not leaving you to be by yourself. So I'm leaving you with a gift: peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Mm. So don't be troubled or afraid. Amen. That's that's the kind of that's the kind of God who I'm now. I, I've known Him theoretically before, but through my struggles and life experiences, I've actually seen through the hard yards and the grind and the and the dregs of depression. I've found that the kind of peace and um, and joy which God is offering me is far more than just a warm, fluffy thing. It's it's actually deep, abiding peace, deep, ab- deep, abiding um, joy. And I found he's been growing that in my life, and he's he's not be, he's not letting me go. He's saying, "I'm going to hang on to you, Matt. Mm. I'm not going to I'm not going to let you go. You might let me go because you're freaked out and you're scared as to whether you're worthy, but I'm not going to let you go. Yeah. I'm going to hang on to you for dear life. I'm going to love you. Mm. I'm going to heal you. I w- I've already forgiven you. You just got to accept it, Matt. Amen. I'm still yeah. on the journey of that, but I know I know the end the end result is one of of joy and peace in god.
2: Mm. Yeah, and we receive that whole package of repentance of forgiveness and everything in Christ, you know. Mm. Before he was baptized of John, you know, we read in Spirit of prophecy that he went and repented. Well, he had no sins to repent of. <laughs> he just had taken all of us humanity into himself mm. and representing us repented before the Father. Was baptized, fulfilled all righteousness, yeah. came and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So praise God for that. Look, we just got to take a quick break so we can share our contact details with you. Don't go away, we'll be right back.
1: Thank you for joining us on By the Word of Their Testimony. If you would like more information about today's program or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 3456, or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you
2: Welcome back It's good to have you back at this program called By the Word of Their Testimony And you've been listening to Pastor Matt Thompson Share his testimony today But just as we close, Matt are there Any uh, remarks, any things you can share with our listener today?
3: Yes, there's, there's, one, there's one passage, one verse Which sums up our story to this point And it's, it's from Revelation It's actually the last chapter of the, oh. of the Bible actually Revelation 22, and this this is the hope, this is the hope that I'm looking to, and I I believe God is calling us all to. Revelation 22, starting verse one. Then the angel showed me a river, with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Mm. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. And here's the power power right here Mm. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations Wow No longer will there be a curse upon anything For the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there And his servants will worship him And they will see his face And Mm. his name will be written on their foreheads And there will be no night there No, No need for lamps or sun For the Lord God will shine on them And they will reign forever and ever
2: Beautiful! What a beautiful picture.
3: That's the God. God is a God of healing, mm. and He and He his God is dispelling darkness and bringing light and peace mm. into our lives. And this
2: is what we've got to look forward to. and We can, you know, walk that journey with the Lord. Now He can bring healing and restoration into our spirit and our minds. But ultimately, this is still not heaven. We've got something so beautiful to look forward to, and then to see Jesus face to face and see God the Father, who no man has ever seen. Mm. What a privilege We've been called to such a high calling So if you're out there Don't give up uh, Spend time and word with the Lord the, God loves you He's drawing you by his goodness is the goodness of God That leads us to repentance And I just want to thank you Pastor Matt For those encouraging closing remarks it's been a blessing to hear your testimony today. Thank you. And I pray, dear listener, as you've listened to it, that you've also been blessed by it and been drawn closer to the Lord, who is the answer for all the needs and the things that we experience in your life. He's able to cover all our defects, and His righteousness can be our righteousness as well. So please join us next time as we share more about what God has done in the lives of people just like you and me. Until then.